0: Ready? Go!
1: This is True Combo, your deep dive video game podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Driscoll, and today, my guest is... Timothy Villalovas. Howdy, Tim. How's it going, Marks? Oh, doing pretty good. That's pretty um, good. This episode's been a long time coming. Yeah. Honestly? Even though it's only episode three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I've been looking forward to it for a long time. I've
1: been looking forward to having you because I feel like, um, especially like whenever we get into like our kind of game design segment, your take on it is very interesting.
0: Okay, okay, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. Already, uh, I don't know what I've done to earn such uh, high expectations. Well, just
1: because we've we've talked about it before, and so that's, that's one reason fair. that I like I wanted to talk about that is because you are one of the few people on earth who enjoy like grindy games, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. We'll
0: get the, to that. A little bit. Okay.
1: So what have you been playing recently, Tim?
0: Um so what I've been playing recently, honestly, uh cuz I, I mean we were both recently on spring break, uh, yeah. and throughout the entire br- break I played a lot of Slime Rancher. Yeah. It's a good um, game. Yeah, I know it like came out a while ago. I had never discovered it until it came up for free on the Epic Games Store and I got yeah. it. It's the only game I have on that but um, I enjoyed it so, so much. Yeah. Like, I love that game.
1: I, me and Nick talked about it last episode. Slime Rancher is a really good game. And I'm glad that I got the chance to play it whenever mm. I did. Because, like, I probably would have never bought it. <laughs> yeah. But now that, like, I have played it, I feel like I should, like, send money to the developers. Because it's, it's a good game. And I want to yeah. support that.
0: It is. What have you been playing, Marcus?
1: Um, I've been playing. Uh, I'm still on my Tetris 99 kick. Ooh. Um, I've been I've gotten better at Tetris. I still don't want to call myself good, um, right. But on top of that, I've also gotten back into Raft. Mm-hmm. Um, and Raft, for those of you who don't know, it's a survival crafting game, and the same like vein as like Minecraft or Rust or something like that. Uh, but the entire premise is like you're on a raft in the middle yeah. of the ocean, and it's kind of like a like you explore the world on this raft, and there's like hidden lore to it. And I don't want to like spoil it, but it's it's very satisfying. You once you get to the end game, you know. Uh, because like you find something that like kind of changes your whole perspective of the game and that, it, it's really fun
0: i remember whenever you first got into raft and i would watch you play sometimes and when you were when you had first started out you know you had this little dinky raft yeah it was like really small and i was like oh you know cool survival stuff you yeah. go around collecting some resources it was hard and you you know the sharks would come and like kill you and stuff yeah yeah uh and then it was like a few days had passed, and then the next time I saw you playing, it was like a boat. Yeah, it's like, like a damn yacht. I still have,
1: I still have that save, and it's like a fucking ship. That's like, yeah, it's, it's it's such a fun game, and it's crazy addicting.
0: Uh, I, you said Risk of Rain too.
1: I was about to say, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Risk of Rain too. Oh, okay. Well, some.
0: I intuited that um, oh, yeah. because Marcus has been playing Risk of Rain for a little <laughs> bit. I was watching. I was. I was watching him play a little bit. Um, yeah. I really enjoy watching Marcus play video games. I'm uh-huh. going to go ahead and say that. Thanks, Tim. Um, like, I'd say a good fifth of the time when I'm sitting in our back room is me watching Marcus play video games.
1: <laughs> um, So, Risk of Rain 2. Okay, so the original Risk of Rain came out and it was, like, it was a 2D roguelike. And I never played that one. But Risk of Rain 2 is a 3D roguelike mm-hmm. over the shoulder, or, well, third-person shooter. And... It caught my eye in the video, like the trailers for it, and it just came out like a few days ago, March like twenty eighth, twenty ninth, something like that. Right, right. Um, and they had a, a special going on where it was like twenty dollars and you get two copies of the game. Right. Uh, and it usually retails at twenty dollars, so uh, I went halfsies with it with Tommy, and I've been playing. I've played probably like two and a half, three hours of it so far, mm-hmm. and it's a it's very much like a pick it up, drop it whenever you need to kind of game. Yeah it's very difficult but it's very rewarding it's yeah. a very it's it's in the same vein as like uh almost like binding of isaac meets slay the spire okay it's a very i don't know i don't know how else to yeah, describe i'm, it. I'm with it's, that it's, i've not
0: i haven't played binding of isaac i really like slay the spire yeah um i will say i have a very weird relationship with roguelikes
1: that's that's understandable i do too because yeah. i don't um i typically don't like to describe games as like it's the dark souls of whatever or, yeah, you know what i mean yeah yeah but and I really don't think that this game kind of falls into that. Um, it is difficult, but it's not unfair. If that yeah, makes sense because like yeah. the the entire point of the game is the longer you go through a run, the more difficult it's supposed to get. Right. Um,
0: See, I I'm very familiar with that. The thing about it is the whole like your one round is all you get. There's no continuation after that. There's right. no buffs you get that transfer to later runs. That's why I like games like Dead Cells, uh, and stuff like that because yeah. that falls a lot more in the vein of like it's a roguelike but it's also like very i guess grindy in a yeah, sense i feel you yeah. keep playing and playing and playing and each time you get a little bit farther and you get a little bit better at the game and it's kind of it it's more feasible to me to have an end goal i and to that. accomplish that okay as opposed to just like i'm just doing the same thing over and over again and i'm getting better at the game and that is what see, makes me progress farther.
1: <laughs> see, that's the thing that I like about it yeah. about games like that is like I, I instead of like getting buffs or whatever that like make it easier for me to go further, right. then it's just like I know that I'm improving, yeah. that like I'm getting better at the game. That is fair. That Which is isn't fair. to say that like if you have buffs or something that's like more incremental like that, then it's not then that you're not getting better. I just like to have that kind of validation, you know what I mean? I feel you. I guess I not you. to get too deep, but like <laughs> <laughs> um no, I see what you're saying. So let's get into the news. All right. Um, hit me up with it. So this week has been a little slow uh, as far as news goes, but there is some stuff that's worth talking about. And uh, the first thing is that the Wall Street Journal um, has reported that this year Nintendo will be unveiling and releasing two new models of the Nintendo Switch.
0: I read a little bit about that. I will yeah. say I saw that. Um, and honestly, from what I saw... I am with it. Yeah. I generally like the way Nintendo goes about improving their consoles. Right. An example being whenever the 3DS came out, they also released uh, later on the 2DS.
1: Yeah. And the 3DS XL. Yeah. And And the new 3DS. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: I really like that because it's not just like we're improving what we have and making it more expensive. It's like we are doing that, but also we're bringing it to people who couldn't have had it before.
1: Right. Like here's some more options. Yes, Um, exactly. And I don't I don't think that this is a far stretch like the wall street journal doesn't have any sources on this. <laughs> it's just kind of like, uh, believe us or the wall street journal. Right. Um, and I, I, don't think that it's too far out of the, out of imagination to say that Nintendo would at least unveil it this year, if not release the two new models. Right. Um, because Nintendo's known for doing this sort of thing and, uh, and more and other companies have started doing it too. Um, we've seen it with like Xbox and PS4 coming out with like PS4 pro and Xbox one S G H, whatever the right, front. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Better. Um,
0: see that thing that, mm, it, it doesn't make me upset when console developers improve their consoles in that way. It doesn't make me upset. To me, it seems more pointless. Mm. Because I mean, I see the appeal, you know, you want to be able to give your the people who buy your products, the latest stuff, right? And so they keep releasing effectively the same thing over and over again just like a little bit better each time. Right. And that is always something that bothered me a little bit because it just made me feel back when I only played on console like I was just behind the times. Right. But the way I solved that uh was playing games on PC. Yeah, get a PC. <laughs> because it's just kind of like I can upgrade it at my own pace and yeah, whenever I'm talking about oh whatever I have in my PC, it's not just like oh do you have the newest PS4 or the newest Xbox, it's more like oh, I was thinking about upgrading this one part in my PC. Oh, yeah, you should upgrade that. That's a good upgrade to get. Right. That's cool, man. I feel, yeah. <laughs> it's not just like, oh, yeah, I have the better version of the same yeah, console. I just
1: bought the new PS4, like, yesterday. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel that. And I think that it's kind of showing of a trend in the console corner of the industry where consoles are becoming more and more like PCs. Yeah. In that it feels like companies are trying to develop a console, Mm -hmm. that has like a much longer lifespan so like we see that with the xbox one and the ps4 and they've had like all these iterations come out so far right um that it's like how much longer until we get a console that's going to be modular like a pc where you can like take parts out and put another one in you know what i mean and like we see games coming out for them that are more suited for the upgraded versions Mm -hmm. and so It gets to a point where it's like, well, is it even worth keeping my original Xbox One if it's not going to be able to keep up with these newer games that are coming out? Yeah. And so should Microsoft just make a new Xbox? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm interested to see what Nintendo does unveil at E3. Uh, Wall Street Journal said that they were going to be unveiling it at E3. Yeah. And it was a cheaper option that Joy-Cons wouldn't be detachable, is all that Wall Street Journal had to say about it. And the newer one was supposed to have like a better screen. Hmm. supposed to be uh, OLED instead of LCD. Okay, okay but yeah
0: yeah uh i mean i'm always looking forward to what nintendo has to unveil oh yeah i'm saying generally nintendo i feel like they do pretty well for themselves yeah.
1: and the switch has been out for like almost three years two and a half years by yeah, now yeah yeah and so it's it's it seems about time for nintendo to make like a newer edition of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like a new model
0: yeah yeah you know i'm excited for what they'll do in another three years what the next console will be
1: yeah if yeah <laughs> unless nintendo like you know sticks at the switch and they're just like (laughs) new switch (laughs) right?
0: or nintendo phone
1: right yeah Um, it's really mobile (laughs) so the other thing i wanted to talk about was uh ea uh announced laying off 350 of their employees and it's important to note that these employees don't come from uh, development backgrounds Mm -hmm. these are like like marketing and analysis and stuff like that but okay they justified it by saying that they're trying to restructure these departments To refocus on creating quality games, which is kind of like just lip service. Like, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It really just... um, I'll believe it when I see it, as far as that goes, because EA has an awful history. awful history. Yeah. And this kind of is continued behavior from other companies, like Blizzard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blizzard Activision, earlier this year, laid off 800 employees. And that's a lot.
0: That's so many people.
1: At the same time, we're seeing upper management in these companies taking home, like, bigger paychecks than ever and getting signing bonuses and stuff whenever mm-hmm. they bring people in. Yeah. So, Yeah. what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> that's capitalism, baby. Yeah, that's, yeah. But, yeah, it's just kind of worrying because we, we're seeing, like, big companies like EA and like Blizzard Activision, which, mm-hmm. like, whether or not you like them, because I know, you know, both of them are kind of a little controversial. Right. Um, more so EA than Blizzard. But it's just, like, an ominous omen <laughs> yeah
0: i think the only hope that we can have in that is that in doing that and saying that that maybe maybe they only fired the bad people like the people who weren't good at their jobs mm. and maybe they're gonna hire on people who will be good at their jobs and will make good games
1: that's a that's a hard maybe
0: that is a is a hard possibility <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but yeah i i kind of think that this could be chalked up to corporate greed rather than a sign of the industry yeah uh because like games are selling better than ever nowadays
0: yeah and honestly i like to look at video games as an art form yeah and seeing something like corporate greed being so and i mean of course it is a business you know all art is gonna have to have some kind of a business aspect right um but seeing the people at the top just getting so much more money as they're laying people off and not putting in an effort to make better games at all. Yeah. And making this thing that they're saying they want to do. It, right. it feels like a slap in the face, you know?
1: I definitely feel you. And, like, both EA and Blizzard are guilty of this, where I guess time will tell if EA's really dedicated to making better games. hmm But at least as far as Blizzard goes, we saw them, you know, lay off 800 people. And th- so the newest IP that they have is Overwatch. Yeah. And Overwatch isn't dead, but it's definitely not as alive as it once was. Yeah. And other than that, I mean I mean Yeah, what's in the <laughs> making? <Come laughs> right, on, yeah, like we I mean, doing right now. Activision has like, you know, Call of Duty and shit like that.
0: But I mean right. they're gonna keep making Call of Duty games and people are gonna keep buying them.
1: Yeah. So it's like, well, what what are you innovating? What are you doing that helps the industry? You know yeah, what I mean?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So. Only time will tell.
1: I guess so. So Tim. Yes. I want to talk to you about incremental games.
0: I would love to talk to you about incremental games.
1: Okay. So, you are much more into it than I am. Yes. And I will say that the first incremental game I played, you got me into it. What was that one? I believe the name of it was Platypus Farm. Oh, yes. It was a mobile game, and you just bred Platypus (laughs) and made money off of it. Yeah. See, in the game, this is what you
0: did. You would have basically uh the one that i started off playing there are multiple renditions of the game all with different animals i started uh it was cow yeah cow whatever cow, cow, farm or something cow like farmer or cow farmer or cow mutator or something like that yeah and you would drag and drop the baby cows and then they would make uh bigger cows and then you would drag and drop the bigger cows to make adult cows and every time you put two of them together they would make a bigger one And you just kept doing that over and over and over again. And the cows or whatever animals, they would poop and you would sell that poop for money. Yeah. And the more money you had, the more you could spend on more cows. And so you just kept getting bigger cows and bigger cows until the cows were as big as the planet. And then you would get the God cows. And once you got the God cows, then you could get rid of the God cows and get rid of all of your cows to get a slight boost in the overall world of the cows. And so you would have a little bit faster generation of money so that the next time you get the god cow, it'll be a different god cow and you'll get like 10% faster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And like games like that, it's so hard to describe what makes those games engaging. Yeah. Um, But I feel like everyone's kind of run into something like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like especially incremental games, they've gotten very popular. They really
0: have. I mean, they're all, a lot of them are on the phone, on your phone. Right. You know, mobile. it's so yeah. easy to pull out your fucking iPhone or whatever. Right. Open up one app, play this game for like five minutes, if that, and then just put it down and it'll keep playing itself. Yes. And then when you open it up again, it's like, wow, I have so much X currency that you use in the game. Right. Or yeah. whatever. Um, and then you can do a few more things and put it down, and whenever you, you pick it back up, it's, it's just, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um. I feel like the reason I enjoy it is, maybe it's about, like, I like having a lot of control over games. Sure. Or I like being able to see how how much, I feel like this is a weird way to say this, but how much stronger my in-game character is getting just looking at them. Sure, you know, I, then, I understand that. Especially in games where you reset back to a certain point. Yeah. Because then it's just like, wow, I'm all the way back to where I was. However, now I get to get even farther than where I was before, and I'm yeah. going to do it faster. And I get to just look at those numbers rise. <laughs> I love looking at numbers
1: just move. I think that one of the games that does it the best is... I think I know exactly what you're going to say. Incremental paperclips. Universal paperclips. Universal paperclips. <laughs> um, so I was. it's a browser game. Uh, they have an app now, mm-hmm. but it's it's so hard to describe what makes like i said it's so hard to describe what makes inter- incremental games so satisfying but to me the draw of universal paperclips was that it started off as such a simple thing yeah that evolves and kind of tells its own story the more you play it yeah and it's like such a crazy abstraction of what incremental games are right like you start off
0: with you know, you're selling paperclips for like what, fifteen cents, twelve cents a paperclip. Right. Yeah. And then it evolves somehow to the point where you are manipulating von Neumann probes and exploring the whole universe.
1: Yeah. And the the fucking crazy thing about it is that it's so interesting to like develop more lore about it, but right. the game is almost entirely text based. Yeah. Like, there's a GUI, but it's only for like clicking buttons to essentially get more paperclips. Like exactly. that's <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah. It, it's rare for me to find an incremental game that I'm a big fan of. Right. Um, that's not to say that I don't enjoy the mechanic itself, because mm-hmm. I think I think that a lot of games nowadays have incremental roots, like Slime yeah. Rancher or something yeah, like that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the reasons why I really like Slime Rancher is right. because I mean the currency in game, it's very reminiscent of some incremental games that I've played. Um, in that. You know, you build up all of these the plorts that the slimes yeah. drop and then you sell them and then you use that to upgrade yourself or upgrade your area so that you can go forth into the world and get bigger and better slimes right. and you know, unlock more areas and it's spectacular. <laughs> I don't know how many I times you. I can say how much I love incremental <laughs> games, but they just satisfy that need in my mind. Generally on my phone I have at least two incremental games that I'm playing at once. Wow. Um, and I, I don't move through them a lot. I've been uh, kind of set right now on two of them. One of them I'm a little bit embarrassed about. The other one I'm also embarrassed about. I'm always embarrassed about any incremental <laughs> game I have on my phone. What games are you playing? This is a judgment-free
1: zone.
0: <laughs> I've been playing Adventure Communists, um, okay. which is by the same developers as Adventure Capitalists, which I played the hell out of whenever I had it for the first time. This was a couple years ago. Yeah, But I was so into that game, I would write down algorithms in my spare time for how i can best uh go forth into this game and do better at the game and Damn. how best to spend the money that i was getting in the game yeah. um i was obsessed with that game uh, adventure communists is by the same people it's a lot simpler and then i'm also playing clash of clans again <laughs> <laughs> hey you said judgment free zone it is,
1: it is judgment free but the way you said it was like almost like Hi, my name's Tim, and I play Clash of Clans. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Tim. Uh, yeah, no,
0: that's fair. Yeah. I used to play Clash of Clans when I was younger, um, and I downloaded it again because someone I work with plays it. Okay. Uh, and watching him play, I was just like, ah, I gotta play.
1: Yeah. No, I feel you.
0: Yeah. Um, But honestly, going a little bit back to Universal Paperclips, I still play that game very frequently. Really? Yeah. In Anytime I'm doing, like, I'm in a class... Or I am at a computer and I have say thirty minutes, or I'm just not doing anything. I pull up Universal Paper Clips, okay, and I play it. And like I always go through and I use the cheats because uh, I'm okay. a crazy hacker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I go through and I uh, uh, play the game and I just like destroy it in like thirty minutes because like right. when you have all the cheats, you just breeze through it. But it's still just as satisfying to me because um, I've played it so many times like vanilla. Like, yeah. I've played that game, I've probably gone through the whole thing almost a hundred times. Damn.
1: Yeah. Um. I think, for me, the biggest drawback from incremental games yeah. is grinding. And it's like the boring kind of grinding, where it's like just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Right. Marcus...
0: That is possibly my favorite part of incremental games. Not my favorite. It's top two parts of incremental games. One, seeing those numbers rise. Two, grinding. I love a game with some good grinding in it. What, what
1: is a, what is appealing about grinding to you?
0: Um. Honestly, I don't really know. I don't really know. It started when I was very young. One of the first games I ever played and still love it to this day it was on the playstation one it was called monster rancher two okay um and the game is basically you train monsters to go fight in arenas and then you battle with them sure uh and of course whenever i was really young um you know i didn't know the strats if you will but as i got older and was more familiar with the game because i would keep going back to it like right often um, I knew how to get the strongest monsters ever, and I could just, what I would do, because it has, like, in the game, you have different levels of, of battles, and you would go sure. through, uh, like, you know, classic, like, E, D, C, B, A, uh, S, okay. or no, I think it was F, F, D, or whatever, something like that, Sure, and you go through... And you had to beat, like, the general tournaments to go on to the next stage. Okay. And I would make my monsters so powerful within the first, like, year of their life that they would go straight past the first two levels and then probably on to, like, uh, B-level, which is, like... Oh, wow. Uh, it's late game, basically. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, but it, I kind of, like, I wouldn't break the game. Yeah. But I got to the point where I knew exactly what to do to make my monsters the strongest. And I could beat anyone at yeah. that game ever. <laughs> I, give me 30 minutes with that game and I can give you, I take it back, give me one day with that game <laughs> because it is a grinding <laughs> game. You have to right. sit there and you have to play it for a while. But I got so familiar with like the in-game interfaces that I would just breeze through right. like days and days and days because it takes place over the course of like... Uh, you go through and you play we, one week, two week, three week, four week, then that's a month. Gotcha. And you okay. go through years. Um, and I would just go through the games. But the thing is, is that the monsters will only live a certain amount of time. Right. They die after a while. And you have to get them as powerful as you can in certain areas of their life, because like when they're babies, they don't—they're not that strong. They don't gain Naturally. uh stat points that fast. Once they get to the prime of their life, they gain points really, really fast. And you know your monster's about to die once they start going back to gaining stats really slowly. Gotcha. that's when they're getting really old. um And it just—I just got really into the. I got so into that game. I've probably put more hours in that game than I've put in any game in my life.
1: Damn. See, like. I think that my aversion to grinding started pretty early in my life, too. Really? And that was because of two games. Okay. One, the most vivid, was um, Pokemon Ruby Sapphire and Emerald. And specifically Pokemon Ruby, my first playthrough, I was trying to get to the Elite, the Elite Four. And the Elite Four was so hard, I had to go and grind
0: of at victory road
1: and i battled all the trainers and i just had to do wild pokemon grinding yeah for levels and jesus christ (laughs) that will destroy your soul especially like in ruby sapphire and emerald because like gen 3 pokemon was like pretty tough yeah like at the time and you know me being a kid and all right um who like just learned how to read (laughs) and so like (laughs) um i don't know just like having to go through and i probably didn't know anything about like you know what Pokemon were good at what, yeah, and like which moves were good. Exactly. And so like just having to go back and like grind until like my Pokemon were like level seventy before I could beat the Elite Four was n- no bueno. I remember beating it and it was fucking great, right? But um, just the amount of hours that I put into beating it, I don't think it was worth it.
0: I feel that. Fun fact about my first playthrough of any Pokemon game, uh, I think it was it was Pokemon Emerald, mm-hmm. um, and I had. Same game as three of my other siblings, and we would all just play it whenever we wanted to because um, it only has one save file, and we only had one version of the game. And oh. but we all had Game Boys, and so we would just be like, It's my turn, give me Pokemon, <laughs> and then we would just go through. But all of us would only use our starter Pokemon, and so our starter Pokemon was at level 100, like halfway through the game. Holy shit! But all the other Pokemon were really low level, yeah. And so we could go to the Elite Four and breeze through all of them up until the champion who will take down your level 100 starter pokemon yeah and you cannot just go through that whole thing and you cannot win with just one level 100 pokemon (laughs) and a shitty
1: other pokemon i feel you um the other game that gave grinding a bad taste in my mouth was world of warcraft and the reason Mm. why the reason why is because there was no immediate satisfaction. So I would go out and mine, like, a specific ore and flip it on the auction house. Right. Because that's how you make the most money in that game, is, like, you just, like, get a skill, grind up a shit ton of, you know, stacks of whatever. Yeah. And then flip it on the auction house. And so, for me, it was spend hours and hours and hours getting a full inventory of these ores that just came out in the newest expansion pack, so I can sell it to people who use those to, like, level up their skills. Right. And I would put it in the auction house and then wait. (laughs) and that was it like that like so that's that was the shitty thing is that like i just i got it all put it in and then just had to wait and there was no like immediate satisfaction of just like look at how my hard work has paid off yeah it came eventually but it wasn't i don't know it it was there was a disconnect there between like the work that i got and the gold that i got
0: that's fair that's fair a lot of the games that i play it's like direct immediate response to how much you have put into the game like with every single incremental game I play, it's like, to an extent, because, you know, there are the games when you play, 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 and you get to the end, quote, unquote. Yeah. And then you have to reset, and it's kind of immediate in the sense that you can see the progress you made from the last time, uh. but it takes a while to get to that point, but it's not in the sense that you aren't really seeing the fruits of your labor right? I yeah,
1: I understand what you mean.
0: But those those games really, they really just get me, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> I, re- I, I like playing video games where I have to work and I have to try and I have to have skill. Yeah. Um, but I also equally like video games where just from me putting hard work into this game, hard work and time, and for me knowing what to do in the game, I am good at it. I'm good right. because I know what I'm supposed to do. And not sense. just because... I have to be able to hit, I don't know, A, B, quarter circle, turn, left, right, L, R as fast as possible. It's just because, like, because I know what I'm doing, I'm automatically better at this game than everyone else.
1: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm there. I'm there. Also, when
0: people look at incremental games that you're playing and they watch you play it, it makes no goddamn sense to them, and I love that so much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I understand what you, where you're coming from with that. Tim, you ready to talk about our Ready, Set, Replay? I am so
0: ready to talk about a Ready, Set, Replay.
1: Uh, so me and Tim went back, and um, this is the first time for a Ready, Set, Replay that we did a co-op mode. Uh, Tim and I played Goof Troop for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Um what I a great game. game such a good
0: game like talk about talk about first of all sound design right it's like, such a banger the soundtrack is it's gonna say it's a bop okay but, <laughs> yeah um yeah no so jokes aside soundtrack is amazing it's yeah. banging um the gameplay is a lot harder than i would have thought
1: yeah it's um but the gameplay is more intensive than it looks i'll yeah. say that but um the controls are very snappy.
0: Yeah. And it's not unfair in any way right. to me. There are very few times when I'm just like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Like there's one level, like one level that me and you played Uh, whenever, I think you remember this one. It was like almost RNG because the enemies in the room could mess with the puzzle that you had right. to yeah. make. And so you have to keep running in and hoping that they would be in the perfect spot for you to take them out before they could move anything around. Right. And if they mess it up, you have to run right back out and run back in. But also, it's a game where you can do that.
1: Yeah, it's it it's, not, like... it's not very punishing. Yeah. Like, there's stakes, but they're not that high. So, like, yeah. you can, like, run in, do what you need to do, uh, and you're good to go. And, it, like, if something messes up, just leave and come right back in.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's so much it's so much fun i forgot how much fun i had in that game the first time i ever played whenever we played it again i forgot just how much fun that game was because it's i mean it's a lot about controls and like being able to do this this and here and like the boss fights are like you know a little difficult um but it's very heady you know it's thinky yeah, okay. You gotta it's, think about what you're it's doing thinky. a little bit. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> um, think about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel that. And like kinda going back to an earlier point that we were talking about sound design, like not just the soundtrack, but just like the sounds that like everything makes is just very satisfying. Yeah. Like uh picking items up that wah, 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 wah. like it's it's yeah. so it's almost like Zelda esque. That's exactly um, what i was going Um the game say. the game really reminds me of like four swords or um a link to the past.
0: Yeah. Um I loved four swords.
1: Yeah. And I I feel like this game but like the dynamic with like Max and Goofy, yeah. Um, because you you, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> you um you play as Max and or Goofy, and Max can run faster, but Goofy I think hits harder. Like yeah. he, the objects he throws uh, deal more damage. Yeah. Um, and so it's a nice kind of like relationship that you're setting up because like max you might want to have max run to the other end of the level and go th- go out the door yeah to the next area so that way like you know you don't have to like waste all your time there or uh max may throw goofy an object so goofy can catch it and deal more damage whenever he throws it yeah and so it's a nice kind of like teamwork dynamic that they have there
0: yeah the funny part comes in because in the game Whenever you're playing as Max and Goofy, you can like hit each other with the objects you are throwing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and
0: also whenever one person gets like uh, health up, the other person can't get it, right. and so the person playing as Max automatically has the advantage in getting all of the life, <laughs> yeah, all, all of the health ups, all right. the one ups, all of it. And it's kind of hilarious because you're just zooming around, and Goofy's just like, "Come on, Maxie! Oh <laughs> <laughs> <All> shucks, Maxie!"
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a nice kind of it's a it's has all of the checks for a perfect co-op game yeah and that's like it's couch co-op yeah so you you know share a screen it's satisfying to complete levels with whoever you're playing with yeah and it's just enough like just the right level of like troll enough to where like right. you can like piss each other off if you wanted to <laughs> exactly <laughs> and but then you can also just like get right back into it
0: right and i feel like it's one of those games that you watch someone playing and it looks really Whenever I watched a little bit of it for the first time, I was just yeah. like it doesn't look that fun. It right. doesn't look that enjoyable, um especially because for me personally, I don't enjoy that uh more retro style of sure. video games. I don't I haven't played a lot of games from that era, and so it doesn't like I don't look at that and I'm like, "Ooh, I'd like to play that." Yeah. Um, I look at it and I'm just like, "It's probably cool for someone else to play." Yeah. Um, sure, yeah. but then when I played it, I was just I was really surprised by how I mean, exactly like you said, like clippy the like how like
1: how snappy how the how
0: snappy the movements are. Right. Like it's responsive and it whatever you put in it's gonna do. Uh, you yeah. just have to do it in the right spot. <laughs>
1: right. Um So Tim. Yes. Final verdict. Would you say that this game has aged well? I would say this game has aged extremely well. I, I think so too. I think that it's just as great as the day it came out yeah like, which is like whoo hard to find
0: <laughs> yeah honestly i would say that it's probably one of my favorite co-op games
1: yeah like, i think so too
0: couch co-op games for sure my favorite i've yeah. we've played a few couch co-op games together and goof troop kind of takes the cake goof troop kind of takes the cake
1: um would you recommend this game
0: i would 100% recommend this game um especially for the fact that you can emulate
1: it Right. I, I think that this is one of those games where um, if you can play it on the the original console, that's great. But yeah. if you emulate it, then I don't think you're going to be losing much. Yeah. Especially since um, I think that this game would work great on a keyboard. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a little tough <laughs> if you're if right. you're trying to play co-op. But you can play single player. Um,
0: yeah. Um, I will say if you have the opportunity to play it on the original console, take that opportunity. Right. Um, just because... I've had weird experiences with emulators, right? Um, naturally, yeah. And the whenever we, or whenever I played it originally on yeah. the SNES, it it's made for that, you know, right? And yeah. And so it it fits better. It's easier. Like the movements, everything is much more. Cohesive. I don't want to say yeah cohesive. I don't want to say fluid because right. it's not like I wouldn't describe Goof Troop as a fluid game. Yeah. I would describe it as a snappy game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but everything is a lot more responsive. That's what I was looking for. Sure. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm wasting inputs in emulator spaghetti code.
1: Right. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Well, Tim, I think that that's all we have time for today. All right. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me on, Marcus. I Naturally. This has been wonderful. I'm glad that you say that. I'm glad to yeah. have you. Um, is there anything that you want to plug? Um. Check out versus extreme. Uh.
0: That's about it. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, my podcast versus extreme. That's my podcast. Your podcast. Yes. Okay. So check it out. <laughs> that is versus exclamation point extreme exclamation point.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm also on a few episodes. If you guys want to check it out, but um. Tim, again, thanks so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Or, uh, thanks for you know be, be, being here. Yep. And I'll see you later.
0: Alrighty, guess <laughs> you on the flippity floppity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. True combo releases bi-weekly every other Friday. The next episode will be releasing on April 19th. Joining me next episode will be Professional Smash Brothers player and world's best Smash 4 Ryu main, Locus. If you like this episode, tell a friend. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and on Twitter at TrueComboCast. True combo is produced by Dryer Sock Productions. Check out our other shows, Versus Extreme and Story Sodic on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to give a special thanks to Jess Adams for designing the cover art for True Combo and to MKUltra for allowing us the use of our theme song, Tears in the Rain. I'm Marcus Driscoll. Thank you for listening. See you later, skater.